What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, we're going to keep this thing going. Right now, we're going to bring another amazing panel to the stage. Get ready to be entertained. Get ready to learn. Get ready to be amazed. I'm going to bring to the stage Hope White for the Intermodal Drage Heavy Haul Specialty Freight Panel. Let's get into it. You don't need this. You're good. You're good. You mic'd up. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Freight Fest 23. I want to first thank our gracious hosts, Ramel Watley and Krishanda Watley, for putting on this awesome, awesome event. Everybody give them a round of applause for that. Uh, without them, many small businesses like myself wouldn't have a platform to show our services to the world. And so we're so grateful for you all for uh, taking this reach and stepping out here for us. But without further ado, I want to bring up two awesome ladies who are also in this space of dredge. Uh, Je Mrs. Jessica King. Ready? Yeah, ready. Let's ready. do it. And then also Mrs. Bianca Calanche. Hi. Hi. All right, let's have a seat. Let's talk about it. All right. So if a few of you all don't know me, I am Hope White, uh, the CEO and founder of HD Dredge and Container Services out of Meta, Georgia. Uh, we have about 10 and a half acres of land that we do container storage, started off doing it, and we're asset base of 12 trucks and about 22 staff. Uh, we do dredge, uh, which is a short distance transport of containerized cargo in the Savannah, Charleston, and Jacksonville, Jacksonville market. Um, but these awesome ladies, I want to start with them letting you tell you who they are, because a lot of you all know who I am, but let's give them an opportunity to just tell who they are, because they're just awesome as well. So Jessica. Hey everyone, I'm Jessica King. I um, am a third generation business owner with a um, specialized trucking company here in Houston, Texas. We started our business in the intermodal sector back in 1969. It was founded by my grandparents. Um, and we do all kinds of things. Intermodal um, is where we got our start. So it's definitely a passion and a love. Um, and it's a great business to be in. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Bianca? Hi everybody. Hope nobody's falling asleep yet. <laughs> um, my name is Bianca Calanche. Uh, I'm the owner of Jasmine Truckline and we specialize in intermodal as well. We started back in 2014. So we've been in business for about eight and a half, almost nine years now. Um, and we specialize in drayage off of the Long Beach and Los Angeles ports. So the West Coast of things and as well as warehouse and warehouse distribution. Yeah, cool. So last year, right 2020 all right pandemic happened everything blew up containers everywhere ships everywhere everything's backing up everybody comes into drake right right everybody wants to do drake all right so let's talk about what challenges and i'll let jessica go first that you have seen since 2022 to now in 2023 have you seen a decrease in your market with drake absolutely so 2020 um the pandemic happened and it was I think average rates to get 
containerized freight into the port was anywhere between 800 to 1,000, just as an example. Yeah. You take 2020 and it became $15,000, $20,000. So it just blew up and people had a, an immediate need to get freight into all markets, whether yes. it's uh, Georgia or California, Houston. Um, you take that, we, we were busy, we were popping. It was like, we could not keep up. We got awarded a couple of projects and it just really kept us busy. Think. God, right. because it was a really bad time. Um, last year, things held steady. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, what the rates weren't as high as they were, um, but 2022 was a good year, and now today, it is, I, I oh use the God. word bonkers. <laughs> like, uh, um, rates are dropping. It's, it's just very, very difficult. If you look at, um, you study the port volumes and things like that, imports and exports, um, imports are down about 3% in the Houston market and mm -hmm. exports are down about 4%. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a challenging market. If you take what the actual port is doing, the yeah. sport, port statistics, and you relate that to our business, I'm probably putting a little bit too much of our business out there, but our load counts are down between 900 for imports, 900 loads year to date, and 800 for exports. Mm. So, I mean, we have a, it's been a very dramatic effect for absolutely. us. Absolutely, absolutely. Bianca? I have to agree with Jessica. So yeah, 2020 to 2021, uh, I think maybe quarter, up until quarter three of 2022, we definitely had a huge increase of opportunity, mm -hmm. right? Um, but looking back 2022, uh, quarter, you know, three, four, and then all of 2023, it's been a down market, um, mm -hmm. a freight recession. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't like to use that term, yeah. it is what it is because when you were charging, um, as an example, $600 to, you know, a 25 mile round trip, uh, now it's gotten cut down to at least 50%, if not more. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if, uh, 2020 to 2022 was a, uh, uh, carrier market, yeah. it's now definitely flipped to a shipper's market. And I get it, it's business. Um, uh, carriers took advantage of that and, and made as much bank as, as we could. And now the shippers have to, you know, do what they have to do to stay in business as well with the overflow of inventory. So it's definitely been challenging, um, 2022 and 2023, but I feel like as long as you have the grit to continue on, it doesn't matter what position you're in, as long as your moves are made for your future of your company to stay afloat, um, you can manage that. It's manageable if, 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 you, if you made the right moves in, in, in when things were booming. So now when things aren't, you, you, you have a protective source to continue on. Absolutely, absolutely. So in our market, Savannah market, we've also seen a trend down in volume. Um, last year, this time, and numbers are in for August yet, but July of 2022, uh, we were at about 580,000 imports, um, mm -hmm. imports in, um, total empty and full. Now we're at about 430,000, right? So there's like a 15% drop there yeah. in volume. Um, the hardest hit month for us in that market was probably in April. We seen a 22% drop in volume mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of trending and stays stagnant right now. There is a benefit for us being on the East Coast though, because a lot of the freight is transitioning from the West mm -hmm. Coast 
to the East Coast just because customers can get those units in stock faster, Correct. right? So that's been one of the beneficial things for us. But Jessica and Bianca, and I'll start with Bianca first, what are some of the weaknesses you've seen since the volume um, has dropped um, and we've had a little bit more time uh, to focus on our businesses and some of our strategies and plan? What are some of the weaknesses that you've seen in your drainage business that you can improve upon now while we have time to, we're not like hustling every day to move freight? I think on my side, it's a little bit different than the East Coast. Um, we, we operate in California, um, a very um, state that pushes a lot of uh, laws that are now into place. Um, during the pandemic, we knew of a lot of things that were coming, um, basically, just to, to, to name a few, the electric vehicle um, outcome that has come um, in, in through California, um, laws like AB5 law that requires you to move from 1099 um, operations to W-2 operations um, and an employment base. And for 2023, because all those laws came into place, we really had to sit down and, and think about where our future in drayage on the West Coast is mm -hmm. um, and how we're going to be able to apply all the, all the, all the laws that, that are um, coming towards us mm -hmm. without enough time for us to adapt to change. Yeah. Um, so not only are we dealing with the freight market being down, but we're also dealing with all these changes that we have to, um, we have to abide because if we, we want to continue operating in California, that's, that's what we have to do. Yeah. There's no way around it. So I think for 2023, um, the weak spots were really not so much in operations, not so much in what type of technology we're going to use for our TMS system, our, our warehousing WMS system, but all these regulations and how we're going to prepare ourselves financially to oversee because uh, uh, an electric vehicle, it does not cost the same yeah. as a, yeah. as a, as no. a diesel vehicle. <laughs> um, and the infrastructure that California does not have, it, it's scary mm -hmm. because we have a, um, we have a deadline of December 31st. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's, the last, um, that's the last day that we're able to register, register sorry, our diesel trucks in order to go into the port. And if you don't have, let's say you just started off with five trucks in California and you wanna grow in 2024, California just made that very, very difficult. Wow. You know what I mean? As, wow. And unless you buy a used truck that has been grandfathered in, you have, you have an option, but other than that, to go and lease new trucks or whatever uh, infrastructure you're building for your own business just got a lot difficult. Right. Um, so to answer that, I feel that we had to look for ways yeah. to continue uh, running our business, knowing that not only the freight market is down, but now we have to increase our costs. Right, right, um, for sure. And with that, I. I the only, the only situation, because of everything we made in 2021 and 2022, we were able to basically save all our profits mm -hmm. and put that into, into a business plan where we're like, okay, we're going to 2020, we're not going to buy any diesel, I mean, sorry, any uh, electric trucks 2023. We don't want to be the guinea pigs of it. Mm -hmm. But what we ended up doing is we ended up leasing about 25 diesel trucks that mm -hmm. are coming in to us uh, by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So we have that growth um, 
pattern that we've been having every year. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Um, and so we've had to find solutions and loopholes right. to continue, you know, operating as we are and still being able to um, give our clients the, the yeah the solutions yeah, that they're for sure. looking for. For sure, Jessica. Your weaknesses turn. are. Uh, somebody told me once to never talk about your weaknesses, but oh. I, I'm going to give it to you. Well, well, let's give it as a positive, high okay. positive. Um. So there are, I mean, intermodal is challenging. Yeah. It, it is a very challenging industry for anybody coming into the market and asking me if they should do containerized freight, what are the challenges? There's a slew of them. Uh -huh. um, I think that our biggest challenge has been um, the volumes and understanding, okay, if you are heavy in the oil and gas market, okay, what other markets are hitting yeah. Houston? Yeah. And getting creative with that and understanding what other regulations are coming down. Now we have this whole overweight um, mm -hmm. permit situation going on in the Port of Houston and how you tap into those markets. Yeah. So you have the issue of, okay, what markets are you servicing? Yeah. That becomes a weakness because if you're only servicing one and it falls off, okay, where are you gonna go next? And then the drivers. Yes. We're in it for the drivers. The yeah. drivers, if the driver's wheels are not turning, if they are not making money, we are not in business. Absolutely. So what do you do to serve them mm -hmm. in times where markets change? Yeah. And so we were really heavily involved in the oil and gas market, imports and exports. Um, there were some fluctuations with that. So it was, okay, what, what other businesses can we get in to make sure our drivers are taken care of? And we've seen that there is a huge uptick in resin um, in the Houston market. So if there's any Houston carriers in here and you're not looking at resin, you should be. So you've switched to a different commodity to be able to keep your trucks turning. And we, we're not fully in it. Like yeah. this is, we are learning on the fly. We are yeah. learning on the go, but we are trying to make sure that we, driver yeah. retention is so important. So Absolutely. trying to meld to that to make sure um, we keep our drivers and keep them making money. Absolutely. Let's segue into that, which is our opportunities in Dre. So. Uh, Dray Freight, most people think of just like retail freight, um, solar power mm -hmm. panels, fuel, sugar, refined products, wood products. There are several different processes there or commodities there that you can haul in Dray. Um, so opportunity wise, what we've learned at HD Dredge is that there was still a need there for heavy industrial equipment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so we're now segueing into storing heavy industrial equipment, as well as hauling heavy industrial equipment, which is something we never really considered. Um, but as you stated, when our bread and butter, which is retail, kind of took a tank there, we had to pivot mm -hmm. there. So opportunity-wise, what have you seen in the Dre market? Um, and I can just speak from that for, first, right? Um, one thing beneficial about Dre is that it never stops. It's always gonna keep going. It is the first mile of transportation, right? It's always gonna keep going. But what happened is the perception was everybody's gonna get three, four, five dollars a mile. No, Dre has never been that. In my market particularly, right? And I'm probably gonna cuss a little bit right here, right? <laughs> <laughs> In my market particularly, Dre rates were $1.85, $2 a mile pre-COVID, right? Pre-pandemic, right? So what we're going back to is what Dre was originally supposed to be. It moves in an exponential amount of volume, so we can't companies can't afford to pay you three, four, five dollars a mile for millions of loads moving a year. That just doesn't make sense. So it's very important that companies understand their cost to do business, which was said, and this has been echoed a couple different times. You'll find out that you probably can't operate your truck at two dollars a mile, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're not doing your numbers, you don't know that. 
Um, so one of the opportunities for us is that Dre has consistently kept moving, right? And because so many other companies don't know their numbers, now there's new RFPs available and more bidding happening where we're picking up new customers. What about you all? Opportunities. Opportunities, I think what you stated, you know, the different markets, heavy equipment, um, which I talked about a little bit. I think the other opportunity is understanding what the equipment needs are. Yeah. Like we deal in intermodal, you deal with chassis pools. Yeah. And Steve Schimpf lines who control the chassis. And what we've done to set ourselves aside from our competition is we have a huge pool of chassis. Yeah. So we're not heavily dependent on um, pool chassis. Yes, pool yeah. chassis, because that can be. Which can, is shit. Yeah, I was going to use a bad word, but you did it for me, oh, so okay. thanks. Um, yeah, I think that, and then that becomes, okay, if you have your own pool of chassis or whatever it is, you can better control your costs, so mm -hmm. that's an opportunity. You can be better control the type of freight that you're getting and um, what other opportunities you have available to you with other customers. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd have to agree with both of them um, <laughs> and, and add to the, and add to... We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan. Man, listen, Factor is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is Factor important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company, or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. When opportunities are presented, um, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of subjects that aren't talked about in Drea's mm -hmm. chassis, um, yes. bids, um, how much does it really cost? And yeah. I think that in order for you to even bring opportunities to the table, you have to know your expenses. Yeah. For example, the whole chassis pool situation and, and adding to the to the chassis pool that happens at the port, those chassis are not good. Come on. If you're running. Uh, OTR over the road drayage, meaning in my case, we run next door to Nevada, Arizona, all up up North, Calif North California, um, San Diego area. If I get a popped uh, tire on, on the road, it. it's going to cost me roughly between $400 to $600 to replace it. Yes. So rather than uh, wanting to look for opportunity, I feel like if you can get all your ducks in a row in, in terms of, of solutions uh, of, of, for example, the, the pop tire, have, have your drivers carry a tire. It costs, mm -hmm. you know, less than having to buy a new tire or even a used tire on the road mm -hmm. um, and having the driver sit there for, for, for the whole night waiting for it to be morning so they can go and, and, and do that. So I feel like in terms of opportunity, the only advice I can give is do not put your eggs in one basket. Mm. Make sure that you have several clients, even if it's in the same, if it's in the same uh, commodity that you're hauling, if it's retail, make sure in the retail market, you have 20 to 30 clients because you never know when one of them, when one of their volume is going to drop, but one of uh, someone else's volume is going to increase. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of getting into different areas of drayage, just make sure you do your homework. I just read somewhere that someone hauled a helicopter and didn't pre-route the bridges and didn't pre-route the weight and didn't get the permits. And that right. was gonna cost the company $30 million. Um, we just bid on a to, helicopter yeah. and the value of the helicopter was $12 million. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, if you're going to uh, 
don't make decisions on, on, on being desperate. Yes. Um, make sure that you really know your markets yes. and the opportunity that is brought to you that you, re you could really do it. Right. Um, because in, in my case, we haul a lot of retail and a lot of hazmat and reefer containers. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't feel comfortable hauling heavy equipment like these ladies mm -hmm. do. Um, I would have to really do my homework yeah. um, to just do one. Yeah. Um, so I try to stay away from what I'm not an expert in. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm not an expert, to bring someone in who is. Who is, yeah. That's good. That's a good pivot there to threats, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to wrap this up. We want to leave at least three or four minutes for maybe two questions. Um, threats in the market. I think Bianca tore it up just then. Listen, these pop tires, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to do Dre, you need to understand that the maintenance on the chassis, if you do not own your own chassis and you're relying on the pool, chassis is on you. And those are expenses that come out of your pocket up front. Like um, our most horror store that happened maybe uh, 45 days ago was a driver popped a tire, busted a seal, a hub, and I don't know everything about trucking, baby. I just pushed the buttons, okay? <laughs> but he did a lot of damage on one tire and because he was in a market where there was not maintenance techs who specialized in the uh, repair of containerized tires, right? Or, or chassis tires, it cost us $4,500. <clears throat> Those monies were due right then, paid up front, and the client that we have pays us back, provided it's not driver error, in 60 to 90 days. These are costs that you need to understand yeah. when you're talking about doing intermodal dredge. So the other threat to the industry is that a lot of customers are moving away from using pool chassis mm -hmm. because the bills have gotten out, outlandish. So they're moving to work with private companies like STG, uh, XPO, who does ma chassis management for them at a lower cost and they also keep the maintenance up on them. They're in a better position in the pool chassis, right? But you need to understand that because customers also don't wanna pay stop off charges to go get those chassis because they're not in the pool of the real, right? right? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the threats that's coming along in the Dre market for me on my side. What about you guys? Um, I, I'll speak to what you said, but I wanna add on to it from a safety mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. People who come into the market, I see this all too many times, that somebody yesterday was speaking about how many registered carriers there are across the US. Mm -hmm. When you talk about equipment and maintenance costs and tires popping and all of that, that's one side of it. The expenses are a critical component of this Absolutely. whole thing, right? The yes. other critical component, which in my opinion is more important than the money or anything else, is the safety aspect. Absolutely. And so you get these pooled chassis that are shit. Shit. Just being Big very shit. frank. Mm -hmm. um, you, they are relying on you mm -hmm. to make sure that they're in good working order. You mm -hmm. get out there, something happens, pop a tire, something happens. Uh, enforcement in Houston is more, uh, I guess, crazy mm -hmm. than other markets because right. we're so, it's such a huge city. Um, so that impacts your safety scores. Yes. So, and then customers are looking at safety scores yes. and then all, it's just, it's, it's a trickle down effect. So major threats um, that I see in the Houston market are relying safety. on chassis pools and the expenses that are associated with that. And then the safety aspect and how, number one, our duty is to protect the public right. and to protect those that we're riding next to. And if we're not doing that, then we're in the wrong business. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the customers are gonna be checking our CSA scores and checking to see how you perform against other carriers. So that can be a huge threat to, the, to your business. 
What about you, Bianca? I think uh, one of the threats coming into the California market, not only did I already speak about the laws that are uh, being uh, already going into place, like the electric trucks um, and the uh, AB5 law that, that is now into effect, but I feel that um, the threats to California are cost. Yes. Um, diesel is now at $6.26 in California, um, yet we can't charge what we were charging even in 2019 before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, just recently, I, I um, uh, was looking at old invoices and uh, I was charging about 20% more in 2019 when diesel was at $2, no, like $2.69. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm charging 20% less mm -hmm. um, and diesel wow. at, is $6. at $6.26. And, and, and so on my side of things on the West Coast, I think what the biggest threat is, is the cost of operation mm -hmm. in, in that market. Yeah. So I feel like if you're trying to get into drayage on the West Coast, you have to be prepared for the expenses that come with it. I'm not saying it's not possible. Mm -hmm. Don't let me um, stand in your way of, of your passion and your mm -hmm. dream. But what I am saying is be smart about every move that you make before you make it. Absolutely. Um, and that's the only way that you're going to continue to stay afloat. Absolutely. And the final threat, and then we'll take some questions. I think we got time for maybe one or two questions, is per diem. <laughs> per diem is the cost that is assessed by the steamship lines that customer requires you as a carrier, you pulling the box out of the port or rail to manage until they pay you back. That can get way out of hand, right? I don't know what happened back in March or April. <laughs> but it's like all the customers had a conversation with the steamship lines and we just got hit heavy, right? So that's probably one of the other threats to the market is for, for carriers is making sure that you manage your per diem. That is it, that is all the questions that I have for the panel here. Ramel, I wanna see if we can take a few questions. Questions from the audience. Oh, hello, there you go. <laughs> questions from the audience. I'm coming to you, sir. Excuse me, thank you. State your name and your question, please. My name is Ronaldo, and uh, my question is, as someone like, I would say, green, like very fresh, is it possible for them to work the ports or you kind of have to start somewhere else? What was the question? With him having a brand new company, is it possible to work with the ports? Yes. yes. So Dre is one of those things where your time in business does not matter because the customers vary and it's so wide, right? Dre is a different service base. When you have customers that are wanting you to you know, wait for your tenure, it's because of your safety scores, they wanna make sure you've been in business and they have a duty to make sure that their board and their stockholders feel confident with who they're doing business with. With Dre, you're dealing with international clients, their requirements is a little bit different. So you kind of, your, your time of service doesn't matter. Yeah, the TWIC, like getting your necessary credentials yes. to get in, the TWIC card, all of those things. If you're gonna be hauling HAS out of the port, making sure you have your HAS certification, your HAS endorsement, things like that. It shouldn't prevent you from being able to do work out of the port. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I just wanna add to, to that, that um, anybody can, can do drayage because we're, we're mm -hmm. uh, logistics is a, it's a solution platform. That's what we do. We, mm -hmm. we solve problems for our clients. So if you want to start a drayage company and you have a truck already, you're halfway there. You're halfway there. Um, all, 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 everything else is paperwork inside the ports. And then um, your biggest challenge is going to have to be finding a client That's right. that can provide you, uh, if you have one truck, 
that, that they can give you some type of, of, of little work. Because just like also in the OTR dry van business, at least on the West Coast, I don't know how Houston operates, but there are different levels of, of bidding that you can do depending on the amount of trucks you have. That's right. So when you start off with one truck, you usually end up on the spot market rate, where the overflow of, of big contracts fall on, on, onto that. And then you might, someone might reach out you know, saying, hey, I have, a, you know, 10 containers that need to be pulled in, in the next two weeks going to, you know, Target or whatever. And, and, but someone else is already doing that account. They just couldn't fulfill that volume. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. State your name and your question, please. Hi there. My name is Gael. I run a drayage trucking company out of the port of Norfolk in Virginia. What tools and resources do you guys use to find the different trends happening in the market as well as how to pivot into different lanes or different industries like retail or um, like furniture, automotive and finding those customers to keep your trucks moving and not sitting? So for me, I use the Georgia Department of Economic Development um, as well as the Georgia Port Authorities by the numbers to trend what's going on with the volumes coming into my specific port. Um, economic development helps me understand which industries are coming into my area for particular business, because when I see new industries coming, new DCs, new manufacturing facilities coming, I know that there's more Drake gonna also be coming in that Savannah Charleston market. So the economic development is one resource I use, the Georgia Port Authority by, by the numbers, and then also the Journal of Commerce, which also manages commodities that's moving in and out of the United States. I'll add to that two things, and it's really one thing, but it's relationships. And mm -hmm. um, having good relationships with your customers and understanding where they're trending, because if oil and gas falls off, you've seen solar panels now, take up and that's the same customer. So customer relationship. And then the other thing is driver relationship. If you have good relationships with your drivers and understand what they're seeing when they're out there delivering, if they're seeing they're delivering a box and they break the seal and you see, okay, it's manufacturing equipment, but the next 10 containers is solar panels, that driver should have a good enough relationship with you to come back and give you that information. It's all about relationships. All right. So we've hit our time. Please catch myself, Jessica and Bianca, outside for any other questions you have. All right, all right, all right. Give it up, give it up. Y'all got some more than that. Give it up, man. Come on, let's go. Let's keep the energy high. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.